0: Hi right, guys, I'm Laura. And I'm Vanessa. And welcome to another episode of a Tap on the Wrist podcast. Our Halloween episode. Ooh. <laughs> to you a day after Halloween. <laughs> uh, but we're still in the spooky spirit, right? It's... We're not going to let one day take that away.
1: I mean, we know most of your podcasts dropped their Halloween episode last week. So we wanted just to prolong the season. Yeah. And
0: here or, we are. I forgot
1: that I was supposed to post it
0: last night. No, 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 right <laughs> no.
1: Um, November 1st is Halloween somewhere.
0: Right. Well, it's Day of the Dead. I was going to say, I was just going to say, isn't that actually Day of the Dead? So, we're still in it. We're still no. in it.
1: And three years strong, we are doing haunted bars and restaurants and hotel, pub-like things. Yep. Um, all around the world, all around the world, we except mainly the UK.
0: Mainly the UK. We didn't pick a specific country cause we like, didn't want to lock ourselves into being like that country was the Halloween episode when we could like research other things. So we decided we would do around the world, but I think like two of my three are in the UK and yeah. I, maybe the same for you. Yeah, they, they just have really old bars.
1: Their history is there. Yeah. It lends itself to old spooky haunted things.
0: Yeah. So, it's almost a UK-themed episode, but it's not. Yeah. Uh,
1: but we hope you all had a great Halloween, however you celebrated.
0: Yes. And a great day of the dead today. Yes. Uh, we are actually recording this on Halloween, so. The intro on yes. Halloween, yes. Yes. Boo. <laughs>
1: I've been feeling very in the holiday spirit, and I feel like we did a lot of great Halloween things in October. Yeah, for sure. But today, I am just like I'm tired. Oh, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> I'm like, I just took my costume off that I wore to school. Yeah, packing them away for another year. I know. And then I'm really excited for Thanksgiving.
0: I was gonna say I'm so pumped for Thanksgiving. I know a lot of people like kind of skip over the Thanksgiving mood into Christmas. I love Thanksgiving so much.
1: Today at school, I had a whole conversation with teachers where we started talking about our Thanksgiving menus. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, man, you are my people.
0: Like, <laughs> I just, <laughs> oh, there's something about the Thanksgiving meal. It's so good. Like, the, all the sides. I really like turkey. I know some people don't, but I, I really turkey.
1: like turkey. Um, it's so good. Yeah. I think I'm going to do, like, a Thanksgiving, I don't, and, like, invite whoever in, you know, like, my friend circle in New York that, like, doesn't have anywhere to go, and just I'll host, because I want to make a turkey.
0: Yeah. I actually, a couple friends and Laura and I were talking about doing, like, a Friendsgiving before Thanksgiving, and I was like, we could just do, like, a Sidesgiving and have all the Thanksgiving sides, and Laura just dead (laughs) stared at me and went, no turkey? (laughs) Like, I had said the most egregious thing in the world. Well, because, I who does? You need the turkey.
1: (laughs) At that point, it's just like a... Sidesgiving. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. I'll do whatever. I'll be there. Turkey or not, I'll be there. But, um... But
0: before we go to Thanksgiving... We still got some ghosts to talk about.
1: We do. And we will be posting pictures from some of the, the restaurants and bars. Uh, so if you are not following us on social media,
0: go check us out. We're on Instagram and Twitter at a tap on the wrist. And if you have any story ideas, country suggestions, just want to say hi, you can email us at tap on the wrist podcast at gmail.com.
1: And with that, let's get our haunted bars on.
0: Woo! Boo! <laughs> so my first haunted pub today is the Bushwhacker Brew Pub in Regina, Canada. Close by. Actually, I don't really know where Regina is, but it's in Canada. Can- okay, Canada's close to our north neighbors to the north. Yes. <laughs> should have probably looked to see where Regina, Canada. That is. It should be like all the way above Washington State. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like literally <laughs> on the other side of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Bushwhacker actually could have probably been an entire episode on its own. There is so much history, like, their own website has, like, several pages of history about their pub, uh, pub house, but because we're here for the ghost, I'm just gonna do a very brief run-through overview of their history. Okay. Okay, so, Bushwhacker is actually, uh, one of the definitely the most recent location out of the three pubs that I chose, Um, and it was founded by Dr. Bev Robertson, uh, who was the co-founder and president. He had taken his family to Germany during a sabbatical leave in 1976, he was a professor, and upon returning to Canada, Bev purchased a bottle of Canadian industrial beer in the Toronto airport. Uh, And according to the website, he for a second thought that someone had filled his beer bottle with water until he noticed the carbonation. Because he was so used to like the like heartier German beers at this point, that like basically, I'm assuming what he got was like a Bud Light kind of beer that to him tasted like it was basically water. Um, and he decided that he did not want to lose his beer taste buds. Uh, He didn't want them to deteriorate to the point that he could actually taste that kind of beer. Like he didn't want to be like, oh, this tastes like beer. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, So after realizing how expensive it would be to import the German beer to him, he decided that he was going to take up homebrewing. And so he did. uh, And his efforts soon evolved into bushwhacker homebrews, which at first was just Bev and a few others. Uh, they produced roughly 250 imperial gallons of beer over each winter, primarily for their own use. However, the beer would go on to win prizes and grow in popularity, so eventually he decided to go commercial in 1986, leading to the opening of the brew pub, uh, and Bushwhacker received its license in 1990 and opened stores in 1991. Okay, so this bar has been open for about 30 years. Well, it's a brew house. I couldn't figure out if it was an actual bar or like... A taproom brew house. Yeah.
1: But whatever, you're saying it's that haunted?
0: Well, it's because of the building where it's located. Okay, okay. Yes. So I'm going to give you a little bit of background about the building now. Okay. Um, so Bushwhacker is located in... I didn't look up how to say this, but I think it's this... Darthie Building at the corner of Cornwall and Dundie. The building is currently a mixture of residential condominiums, offices, shops, and the brewer, bushwhacker, combined brew pub and bushwhacker, (laughs) brewwhacker. However, in 1912, the building was originally what they said was a Chinese laundry. Uh, The structure itself no longer exists because it was destroyed by the great cyclone of 1912. The building along with many others were destroyed, trapping dozens of people under the rubble and destruction, and approximately 20 people were killed in the immediate vicinity of the laundry. So very tragic, of course. Then a couple of years later, in 1914, after the destruction was cleared, a man named Stewart built and opened a warehouse on the former side of the laundry. He then brought James Strathdee from Winnipeg to manage what would become the Stuart Strathdee building. James then brought on another man named Campbell to be his assistant manager. Tragically in the 1930s, James Strathdee was returning from Calgary when he was involved in a major auto accident. In the accident he sustained serious injuries including head injuries and though he recovered he was never himself and grew increasingly depressed. All until one day uh, on the mor- on a morning in October in the late 1930s according to the Brew Pubs website James was quote found lying on the tracks across the street with his head nearly blown off and a shotgun lying nearby. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they continue to say the police called it suicide, but many questions remain unanswered. Why did he choose such an unlikely place and time to do himself in? Of course, Campbell, who had increasingly been taking over control as James had deteriorated, took over the business, uh, and it says that the business like started to do really badly under him, and so it changed hands several times before eventually coming to house the brew pub and these other stores. apartments. So now let's get to the ghost. Uh, The reason that I gave this background is because one of the main ghosts they suspect that's haunting bushwhacker is none other than James Strafty.
1: That makes sense.
0: Yes. They refer to him as Jim. 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 Good old Jim the ghost. (laughs) So people who work in the building claim that they've seen a man with a full beard and in 1930s clothing usually at night and usually out of the corner of their eye they'll like see him like again out of the corner of their eye and then when they look there's no one there okay Mm -hmm. um they also say that they will like suddenly feel a real cold chill out of nowhere uh often at the same time as seeing this man uh and of course usual ghost shit like things moving of their own accord uh And noises in the building one story uh, about an interaction from an employee in the building his name was Dave uh, and he was doubtful about Jim's existence but says that one night when he was locking up pulled down the gates you know closed everything down he looked in through the window and saw that there was a light still on and he was like damn it I really don't want to go back inside like unlock everything and so he like jokingly said Hey Jim, can you turn that light off for me? And little, and as he went to turn to walk away, the light turned off. And Good so old Jim. He was no longer a non-believer, which just seems helpful. I'm like, if a ghost is going to haunt me, like at least be helpful, you know? Yeah. If I need to turn a light off, turn it off for me. You know, just do something nice. I mean, it seems like not a bad ghost to have. <laughs> yeah. um, however, Jim might not be the only ghost there. So let's remember, I said that a lot of people died in this vicinity during the tornado, so it's natural to assume that there would be other people haunting. In fact, a number of psychic mediums have visited Bushwhacker over the years and have said that they felt much more than one ghost. In fact, they feel several ghosts there. Assistant brewer Michael Gates Recalls a not-so-friendly interaction with a ghost. He said to an article for CBC, quote, I was pushed by something that wasn't there, and I had a red mark on my back when I went to check it. I was completely stunned. Our head brewer was with me in the room at the time, and he said it looked like I tripped. I just about fell on my face. I got pushed so hard. I don't know. Maybe, I'm just saying maybe it was the head brewer. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe it was a ghost that was pissed off and pushed him and left a mark on his back. Which, like, if a ghost can physically assault me and leave a mark, that's a no.
1: Yeah, I don't want that kind of ghost. No.
0: One of my stories has, like,
1: some of that stuff. And I'm like, mmm...
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't want a ghost that can hurt me. Yeah. I mean, I don't want any ghost, really. But definitely not one that can actually physically harm me. Agreed. That would that would not be ideal. Um, hey. This... Guy Michael also claims, also when he's mm-hmm. there in the morning, um, he like completely by himself, like he's the one that opened it, like no one else has come in. That he will often hear women's voices calling out names, like calling out to people when no one else is there. Oh, which that's is rude. yeah, very unsettling. I feel like I wouldn't just be like, anyway, let's go on with the work Let day. Me keep opening. <laughs> Especially because he's also been violently pushed by a ghost. Um, but for the most part, aside from this random pushing incident, uh, the ghosts seem to be friendly. They say that Jim is just mischievous, uh, sometimes throwing small objects like pieces of coal at people to either get their attention or tell them to leave. We're unsure. Um, but the reason that I said I wasn't sure if this was like like a public pub i guess i should have actually looked into it as opposed to just like a a brewery uh is because all of the stories are from employees like there was nothing about like guest experiencing um so i think it is just like a like a brew house um but yeah i guess if you do visit you might you might be fine because only employees have complained nothing about bathroom ghosts so That's... that's good Thank goodness. <laughs> uh, and that is the very fast run-through of um, the brew, Bush... I almost said Brew again. Bushwhacker Pub House. Um, and the sources that I used were CBC, an article um, called Regina's Bush Brew Pub Staff Say Pub is Haunted. Uh, and that was by Nicole Huck from 2015. And then also the Bushwhacker website. They have a section called Our Resident Ghost. And also, again, a very in-depth history section. So if you're interested in this pub at all, please go check it out. Because there's so much information that I didn't include. Awesome. Okay.
1: So my first story today, uh, I'm starting in Wales. Okay. And Wales has so much history as a country or you know that like you would expect there to be a haunted bar or two of course so i found the skired mountain inn
0: uh it's located in breton beacons wales for a second i thought you said the scary mountain inn and i was like i guess that's appropriate <laughs> it's not scary
1: it's like s k i r r i d spirit
0: okay. skired
1: so it's an inn and pub and they claim to be one of the oldest pubs in all of wales okay but multiple pubs claim that title, and no one can really confirm which one is the oldest, so they all just go about claiming it.
0: Okay. I'm sure they're all very old. So they are, like, right, yeah. Whatever.
1: Uh, in fact, the current building, what is currently the Scurrid Mountain Inn and Pub, was built in the 17th century. Okay. But records show that there has been a structure standing on this site as far back as 1110 A.D. That's old. As we old. <laughs> So, it has served as a bar and inn for hundreds of years, uh, but it had many purposes before that. Mm -hmm. But for most of its life, the ground floor was actually the local courtroom. Okay. And so, with all of that, there were a few deaths that happened. In in, the courtroom? We're going to get there, (laughs) yes. Uh, So, local... Legend has it that George Jeffries, who was a notorious 17th century judge who had the nickname the Hanging Judge, Ooh. heard many cases in this exact courtroom located in the
0: Skirret Inn. He doesn't sound like a nice guy. No. And that <laughs> in the
1: year 1685, which was an exceptionally bloody period in the inn's history... Uh, There was once a hearing about a rebellion that had happened in the town. And George Jeffries was the judge listening. And he charged everyone who was involved in this rebellion, 180 insurgents, uh, to be hanged.
0: 180 people to be hanged.
1: Yes. Now, that is a lot of people to be hanged. Um, and they did the hanging from the oak beam over the staircase just outside the courtroom. Which now happens to be inside the pub. Oh. so they Yeah, I'd say that's probably going to be haunted. They say that there are lots of different kinds of ghosts that haunt this location. Because all of the hangings that the notorious hanging judge charged... We're all hung in the pub. What is the now modern day pub? So according to the current owner, Jeff Fiddler, there is a lot of things that you would expect. Glasses flying across the bar, faces kind of seen in windows, things that mysteriously disappear and turn up weeks later. Mm -hmm. Um, The customers noticing like, all of a sudden, like an ice cold feeling,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or like a breath on their neck, or there's no Don't like want a breath
0: on my neck.
1: Yeah, there's no one particular like ghost that haunts. There's just lots of ghostly things, and I guess for gimmick reason, they do keep a noose hanging on the the actual oak beam that was used in hangings. <sighs>
0: I don't know how I feel about that I feel like it would create like like it would just intensify the creepiness for me and I guess maybe that's the point right like people want
1: well he said a lot of people come to visit for that reason and
0: And if I was just like picked this place randomly to stay at and like walked into their pub and they just had a noose hanging I would be like what the Fuck is this life? So it
1: is a pub and an inn. So there are right, rooms so if upstairs, I there, right? Yeah. And so when it like the the staircase kind of wraps around and the noose hangs kind of it's not quite a spiral, it's like a wooden spiral staircase. Yeah. And um and the noose like hangs down the middle of it. Maybe. But the beam apparently has lots of score marks which are said to have been caused by the weight of the hanging bodies. Woo! Anyways, okay, we're going to keep going. The owner himself, Jeff, is a self-claimed critic. Or, not critic, skeptic. Yeah. uh, Of paranormal. But he has had some interesting experiences that are kind of unexplainable, Mm -hmm. even though he's not sure he fully believes it. So, he's been the owner for 14 years, and only once in that time did he see what we would consider like a full-figure ghost. Um, He says it was a, a man who kind of looked like he might have been like a a coach driver like a old horse and buggy driver Mm -hmm. uh, in a tricorn hat standing on the porch in the middle of like broad daylight but he kind of looked away and again then the ghost was gone yeah but other than that one instance he hasn't ever seen like a full ghost sighting so he's not
0: so he's a skeptic despite having seen a ghost?
1: That's what he says. Uh, and then, well, here's the next one. This is the one that gets me. The first night that him and his wife stayed at the inn
0: uh-huh. when they had
1: bought it, they hadn't even really fully owned it yet. They were okay. just staying there. They were in one of the big four-poster beds when his wife began to complain of something tugging on her leg. no. And they went back to bed, and she woke up a couple times throughout the night with this, like, tugging sensation on Mm -hmm. her leg. Mm -mm. Um, But there was no one there, but they didn't get a very good night's sleep. And when they brought it up to the owners of the bar that they were purchasing the bar from, they learned that in the time when the bar was used as the hanging location, if someone were, like... Slow to die, their relatives would tug on their legs to Ugh. quicken the death, um, so that they weren't no. tortured. Uh, so like, I don't know why he does. He, I watched a couple YouTube video interviews of him, and like, every time he's like, I don't know if I believe in it, but like, again, then he tells these stories, so um, and then. We're, I'm still not done. There's my more. face
0: is shocked. Right I know, there. I know
1: that part really. Got, I was like, oh, I don't want to stay there,
0: especially because like that's how they would make sure someone died. Like, and then they were tugging on your leg. now. yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> um, apparently, the most famous of all the ghosts is a former, um, resident. She was like the landlady and the barmaid. Mm -hmm. Her name was Fanny Price. She died of tuberculosis and was buried um, near the pub. Okay. But they say that she does haunt the pub because she lived there and worked there. Mm -hmm. Um, And some people have spotted her. But they always say that they always get a smell of lavender when she's around. Well,
0: that's
1: pleasant. yeah. And there's just like all these weird occurrences that happen and no one really knows like what they are, but like people have said that they can like they get marks on their neck after a night's sleep, almost like a noose is oh,
0: there. Fuck no. Um
1: but with Fanny like Only one person has ever said that she was, like, vicious Uh or evil. A woman was staying upstairs in the inn and in the middle of the night came running down the stairs and out of her room. Her hair was wet. She only was wearing her coat. And she was just screaming, she tried to kill me, she tried to kill me. And apparently, while she was taking a bath, someone had tried holding her under the water is what this woman claims well how does she know it's Fanny well she doesn't but the owner says most instances people think it's like a male presence uh-huh. and this woman was specifically using female pronouns as uh-huh. she tried to kill me and Fanny is the only like female presence that they know of I don't think it was Fanny okay was <laughs> um, well, so- very
0: calming I don't feel like she was going to try to drown someone
1: So Jeff Fiddler, the current owner, doesn't take any chances. Uh, There's a tradition in Wales um, for most pubs where you put what's called a puka cup, which is like a special tankard. Um, It's actually very cool looking. It's like a steel cup with two handles. Mm -hmm. Um, You fill it with ale and you put it outside the pub to appease the devil. And it's supposed to keep your, your pub safe. So he is quoted as saying... On a windy night this time of year when I go outside and the pub sign is swinging and the wind's howling, I do look over my shoulder. And one day I'm going to turn around and something's going to be there and I think it will be the end of me. And that's it. Okay. But, uh, so I have two sources. I used an article from The Guardian. It's called Experience. I own a haunted pub and it was written by our owner, Jeff. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then um, I looked on a website called Land of Legends, and they had an article about the Skirid Inn, Mm -hmm. as well as a couple YouTube videos of, like, you know, ghost chasers trying to Mm
0: -hmm.
1: figure out if there are indeed paranormal livings
0: there. But they say it's
1: one of the most haunted bars in
0: Wales. Nice. Yeah, most... I Actually, I think all three of the places that I did have like YouTube videos. I feel like pretty common when there's someone that's super haunted. Yeah. People go investigate. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So my next story is about the Mermaid Inn in Rye, England. Uh, I realize two of my stories are in England, but I feel like it just makes sense because there's super old shit in the UK in general. Yeah. So, this pub, like, or inn and pub, like the story that you just told, uh, dates back to the 12th century, Uh, so of course there are going to be ghosts. Uh, And it was even the subject of an investigation by the TV series Most Haunted, Uh, so again of course there's going to be videos and stuff online if you want to check it out. So a brief overview of its history is that back during the Middle Ages, the Mermaid Inn served as a popular alehouse. among sailors. The building underwent uh, rebuilding or renovation in 1420, or in the 1420s, uh, which is when the main building was added. Then in the 16th century, some additions were added to that main structure. Uh, and at some point, I guess because then it was so popular, the neighborhood itself was named after it, and it became Mermaid Street. So during the first half of the 18th century, a group of smugglers named the Hawkehurst Gang used the inn as a secondary base of operations. Uh, and in the inn, they had hidden cellars, tunnels, and passageways, uh, some of which still survive to this day. I'm a big fan of secret passageways. I just want to, like, explore them. Agreed. Uh, the inn four times stopped operating as a lodge by 1770. But then in 1993, the current owner purchased the building and restored it to its former glory, once again becoming the Mermaid Inn, offering lodging, food, and booze. So the mermaid is said to be haunted by several spirits, and there are five rooms in particular that each have their own designated ghost. Okay. So if you want to be haunted, pick one of these rooms. So in room one, also called the James. There is a lady in gray or white who sits by the fireplace. Just calmly sits there by the fireplace hanging out. Uh, guests have also reported waking up in the morning and finding their clothes on the chair, on like the chair in the room, wet. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say that there are no windows or pipework near the chair in that room. So there's like no way they could have gotten wet during the night. They just... uh I don't want to know why they're wet. I know. I was like, <laughs> that seems really weird. Uh, there's no reason why. Like, I don't know if like, the woman like drowned herself in the bathtub. Or like, there was no reason given. Their clothes are just wet. Nope. <laughs> next room, please. Um, before we get to the next room, people have also claimed that the lady in white has been seen walking across the room... And stopping at the foot of their bed. Which again, no. I don't think I want to stay in this room. I don't want wet clothes and I don't want someone standing at the foot of my bed. Yeah, like
1: haunted hotels are creepy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like hotel room, I don't want anyone fuck with me when I'm sleeping. I know. Um, okay, so in room 10, uh, which is called the Flor de lis room. Guests have reported seeing a male ghost who walks through the bathroom wall and into the main room. That seems to be all he does. He just goes from the bathroom to the main room and then disappears. Weird. Not, I, I guess still not something I want, but not as bad as wet clothing. Yeah, I mean, I would take that over wet clothes. <laughs> then we've got room 16, which is the Elizabethan room. Uh, that is said to be the site of a duel where a man was killed. Uh, And it often often has light anomalies, lights flickering on and off. And there are also reports of if there are any bottles in the room, they'll be smashed on the floor. Weird. Uh, So one employee actually resigned after an experience where he was tending to the fireplace. And all of the bottles on the bottle shelf at the other end of the room fell off one by one as if someone was just pushing the bottles off one by one.
1: I mean, that's pretty creepy. Why would they have a bottle shelf?
0: I don't know. If in you know that room... homage to the ale house that used
1: to be there? Well, I know, but if you know that that ghost knocks bottles, don't keep bottles in that <laughs>
0: room. <laughs> bottles! I oh, <yeah. laughs> um, So, yeah, it's probably a bad idea. Um, the spirits of the Hawkehurst smugglers are also said to roam the premises at night. Uh, They go into the pub, you know, just hanging out smuggling shit, (laughs) but there's specifically one of their wives or girlfriends who was allegedly killed by the man's fellow gang members uh, because they thought she knew too much and would expose them, and the wife is said to be haunting the Kingsmill room. Uh, Cold spots have been reported in that room, and there was also a rocking chair in the room that often would start just rocking on its own, rocking back and forth. No wind, no one else in the room. Just start rocking back and forth. And it freaked guests out so much that they had to actually remove the rocking chair from the premises. They like got rid of it because guests were so freaked out by it. So you can no longer see the chair rocking back and forth. Okay. I'm sorry I know you really would like that
1: I was really hoping
0: to experience that <laughs> lastly room 19 the Hawkehurst which is of course named after the, the gang um, is said to be haunted by a gentleman in old fashioned clothing guests have reported seeing him sitting at the edge of their bed which again no thanks I don't want a man wake up in the night to see a man sitting at the edge of my bed nope especially um, not a ghost one. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know actually. I might w- rather wake up to a ghost on the of my bed than a random man. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. But... <laughs> um <laughs> um unless it's a ghost that can cause physical harm like the, the yes. Yeah. Um but yeah, those are those are the rooms and then again, like I said in terms of like the restaurant and bar downstairs. Um, nothing super specific, just say, saying that like the smugglers will often roam throughout the premises, normal weird shit, like lights flickering on and off, things moving. Uh, Ghostly things. Yes, but the main occurrences seem to be in the in part above the restaurant and bar. Uh, so if you want to go stay there and check out some ghosts, you can do that. Uh, Judith Blinkow who owns the inn, says, quote, although I have not personally seen ghosts, I certainly have met some very convinced and frightened guests. So unless you want to be scared, don't stay there. Um, So I used a couple sources, hauntedrooms.co.uk, which had a section about the Mermaid Inn, Um, Actually, I used that for my next story as well. And it seems to be a website that you can go to if you want to purposefully book a haunted room. (laughs) Okay. Like it it has like information about the haunting, information about the hotel, and then like book a room. (laughs) I also used Atlas Obscura uh, and a little bit of Wikipedia as well.
1: Okay, so similar to what you mentioned, like, when doing research, there's lots of bars in the UK. Yes. So I purposely was like, okay, I'm going to try and find something out of the UK. Okay. Even though my third story, I'm going to go back to the UK. (laughs) Okay. But for my second story, we're going all the way to Australia. Okay. Uh, And this... Takes place in Ballarat, which is uh, a small Australian town that was once famous because it was consumed by a gold rush. Okay. Um, an Australian gold rush. And so, for that reason, many different kinds of people had come and gone through this town. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to specifically talk about the Eastern Station Hotel and Pub. Um, It was established in 1862, but it's on this or near this site. I couldn't really figure out which, if, like, the actual hotel is where the railroad station was or if it was just very close to where the rail station was. But it's called the Eastern Station Hotel and Pub. Uh, And there are quite a few ghosts, they say a dozen, that... Like they know haunt the premises, mm-hmm. and so I'm going to talk about some of those okay um and in twenty thirteen, the hotel was restored to its original eighteen sixty two style, and it said that during these renovations, there seemed to be a giant kind of uptick in paranormal activity, uh, as the ghosts were not very happy that shit was happening. <laughs>
0: They were like, you're fucking with our space and we don't like yeah. it.
1: Uh, and so one of the ghosts is believed to be the original owner of the Eastern Station. His name is Thomas Redshaw Hunt. And he is has been seen by many guests, both in the pub and in the hotel section of the establishment. And he's described as always wearing a large black top hat which was fitting of his time of the 1860s. Mm -hmm. Um, And similar to Fanny Bryce, where they smelled lavender, guests always say they smell Thomas before they see him because it's always a very
0: strong smell of pipe tobacco. I knew it. Well, I was going to say cigar, but I knew it was going to be like some kind of like smoking. And there's no,
1: uh, he doesn't have any like, other than that smell of pipe tobacco and then seeing the, the tall black hat, mm-hmm. there's no like, he doesn't have like a signature move or a signature. A
0: signature th- move? <laughs> signature dance move? Yeah. He just
1: is seen kind of making sure his property's intact walking around.
0: It's cool. Just
1: overlooking.
0: It's better than a lot of other things. I know. <laughs>
1: Another ghost who calls the Eastern Station home is James Nunn, and this one is a little bit more tragic. James is the youngest ghost uh, who died in an accident in 1863 right after the pub opened in the height of its gold mining um, and he was just two
0: years old. Oh, no. I mean, that's sad, but also fuck kid ghosts. I can't deal with them.
1: Yeah. So there were two different stories as to how James died. One said he fall he fell down a water hole, uh-huh. which I'm assuming is like a well. Yeah. And drowned and like couldn't oh, be rescued. Sad. And then a couple other sources said that he also drowned, but in a gold mining puddle. And I don't really know what that means, Yeah. but it felt maybe more truthful because it was a big gold mining town, Yeah, but I don't, all, we know he drowned,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: but it's said that following his death, uh, they moved James' body down to the cellar of the Eastern Station Hotel while the family waited for a doctor to come and complete an autopsy. Uh, And many believe that because there was such a period of time between him dying and being properly buried and he spent that time in the cellar of the Eastern Station, his spirit is confused and kind of clings to that location, not knowing how to move on. Um, And so guests claim that they often see his ghost running through the hotel. Um, It usually just looks like a young kid, but in like old time Clothes, yeah. uh, and again, nothing malicious, but like, oh, I just got chills thinking about like a kid ghost. Yeah, I don't like running ghost. through the halls.
0: They creep me out so much.
1: Yeah, uh, and so that's James. Okay. James lives there. Um, another set of ghosts. This is a duo. Okay, so mother and daughter <laughs> hanging um, out
0: forever and laughed.
1: So, this is in the 1870s. Um, Maggie and Maggie is the mother, she's in her mid 30s, and Sarah was her daughter. She's 12 years old. Another they kid ghost. What? I said another kid go. Yeah. They arrived um, by boat from England to Australia and were looking for a place to stay mm-hmm. and took the train from Melbourne to Ballarat, where they checked into the Eastern Station Hotel. Um, For the night. And unfortunately they never left. Once they checked into their room. Both of them. The mother and the daughter. Actually both succumbed to yellow fever. Mm. And um, it's thought that they haunt the hotel. Because that's where they died. And it was like a brand new. Like they were in a brand new country.
0: Yeah. And
1: didn't know where else to go. Um, They're commonly seen going up and down the stairs walking the hallways and just walking around the premises wearing um, dresses and they both have very long hair Mm -hmm. but it's like time period appropriate clothing and so people are like who are those like women
0: well at least they have each other yes
1: but they live there at the eastern station There's a lot of other, I said there are 12 ghosts they know of, and there were not a lot of backstories to them, so Mm -hmm. I'm going to list some of the other that they just know hang out. In the pub, you can often find two older indigenous Australian males who hang out at the bar. Um, They are believed to have been former caretakers of the hotel and pub in some way, but no one really knows who they are. But um they've been cited many times. And there's also been a murder okay. at the hotel. Uh or really in the kitchen of the hotel. And it's said that this man, he's an Irishman who had served in World War One and then traveled to Australia and he was working in the the kitchen and he had an affair with a young lady. Mm-hmm. But that lady was in a relationship with his coworker.
0: Not a good
1: idea. Not a good idea. <laughs> uh and so the story goes that his coworker didn't like that. No, he I wouldn't <laughs> and, and stabbed him in the kitchen, um, killing him. And so he said to haunt like, the downstairs of the Eastern Station. Right. But there wasn't a... Like, there were no names attached to it. But, like, every resource says, a World War One soldier mm-hmm. haunts the kitchen because he was stabbed by a... You know, jealous. Jealous lovers. Lover. lover. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so they just have a lot of stories throughout their history of just, like, unfortunate accidents and people seem kind of trapped there
0: yeah um but it it's just one of those places
1: just one of those places <laughs> so my sources for this um amyscrypt.com she actually i watched her youtube video on it as well she like went and stayed there
0: mm-hmm.
1: but she wrote an article eastern station hotel haunted hotel in ballarat and then the courier.com um australia's most haunted hotel which was written by Fiona Henderson. Uh, And that's the story of the Eastern Station. Okay.
0: A spooky place to stay. Okay. So, lastly, I will be staying in the UK. uh, And I will be telling you about the Golden Fleece in York, North Yorkshire. The Golden Fleece? Fleece. Okay. Yes. Uh, So, it's one of York's oldest pubs. It was built in 1503 and is also one of York's Most Haunted pubs. No Uh, (laughs) shit. There are reported 15 specters in residence. Wow. Yes. Uh, The Mermaid Inn. Oh, sorry. Not the Mermaid Inn. The Golden Fleece, like the Mermaid Inn, was also featured on Most Haunted, which I guess is a very popular paranormal show in the UK. Okay. So not a lot is known about the history of the Golden Fleece, Except that it's been around since at least 1503, um, because that's when it was first mentioned in the York archives. Also, an interesting tidbit, that there's apparently a bathroom that had disappeared off building plans for more than 200 years when it was discovered in 2000. Just this bathroom that was... It was like sealed off and taken out of the building plans. Which to me is like, maybe you shouldn't unseal it. Maybe it was yeah. sealed off for a reason.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't like this already. Um, you know how I feel about haunted bathrooms. Yeah.
0: Funny enough, they don't specifically speak about that bathroom being haunted, but I don't know. I, I have suspicions about it. Like, why would it be removed from the building plans? <laughs> Something bad happened in that bathroom. I know. They need to find out. Um, But since there's not a lot of history, we're just going to go straight into the ghost. Love it. So the Golden Fleece, uh, the most famous person that haunts there is Lady Alice Peckett, uh, who is the wife of John Peckett, who used to be the mayor of York and the owner of the hotel. So there are reports of Alice wandering the corridors of the hotel, uh, walking up and down the staircases, and also apparently moving around the furniture. She apparently likes to rearrange a lot because, you know, she wants things to her satisfaction. Okay. You know? She's just being helpful. Yeah. She's like, you know what? That chair doesn't look good there. I'm going to move it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And sightings of her have been reported by both guests and staff. Uh, Nothing super malicious about her. She just, you know, likes things the way she likes them. Other reported ghost sightings are that of a Canadian airman who fell to his death from one of the upper windows of the hotel during World War II. Uh, and not much is said about him aside from the fact that people just see him dressed in his like army fatigues. Uh, so he just hangs out <laughs> where he died. Uh, there's also a ghost nicknamed One eyed Jack, who is often seen wandering around the bottom bar of the pub. Does he wear an eye patch? Weirdly, it doesn't say. <laughs> uh, it says that he wears a 16th to 17th century red coat and he carries a pistol. I'm assuming, he has to have an eye <laughs> Yeah. Like, why else would he be named one Eye Jack? Like, um, that's
1: what they did when you only had one eye back
0: then. Yeah. Like, nowadays you get a false eye, but back then you wore an eye patch. Right, yeah. Um, again, just kind of seen walking around the place. Uh, that seems to be what most of these ghosts do. It doesn't seem like they really do a lot uh, to bother people, which I guess is, is fine. Um, there is a grumpy old man who sits at the bar. He doesn't have a name. They just call him the grumpy old man. Uh, he sits at the bar angrily glaring at people. So he'll just stare at you very angry. Uh, and if he's approached because a person's like, what the fuck is this dude staring at? He mutters a string of curse words and then vanishes. You know what? (laughs) Let him be. (laughs) He just wants to be grumpy. Just let him be grumpy. Um, another ghost, which is one that I am not a fan of, as evidenced by my reactions to Laura's story, is a little boy from Victorian times. Uh he was reported to have been trampled to death by horses outside of the hotel, uh, which is very sad. Um but again, children ghosts just creep me the fuck out. Um, especially if they're in Victorian garb. <laughs> I don't know that seems right here. Um, he's regularly seen at the top bar at the pub. Um, and staff say that he likes to play innocent pranks. Uh, and then he'll disappear while giggling. And you know what? I don't want to hear a child ghost giggling. Me either. I don't care if they're innocent pranks. <laughs> I don't like it. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, some other ghosts that have been reported are Roman soldiers. Who are seen in the cellar of the hotel, which is where dead criminals used to be stored as a temporary measure until their relatives claim to identify them, uh, so they're just like a lot of a lot of dead people like it's <laughs> hanging around because that's where their bodies were kept for a while wow. um, However, it seems that none of the soldiers interact with the living, which leads many to believe that they are nothing more than a psychic imprint as opposed to like actual ghost um So yeah, most of these ghosts are just kind of seen wandering the premises. The only ones that actually interact are the wife, who likes to move furniture, the old man who curses people out, and the little boy who giggles. (laughs) Nope. Nope. Nope to all those things. Um, And that's basically all I found on the the Golden Fleece. It just seems to be a popular place for ghosts, ghosts to hang out in the afterlife. Um, and the sources that I used were, again, that hauntedrooms.co.uk, uh, where you can apparently book yourself some haunted rooms. Um, and then also a website called spookyisles.com. Uh, they had a website called, a uh, website, they had an article called Golden Fleece York, The Perfect Haunted English Pub by Rick Hale. Nice.
1: Okay, so my third story today is taking us to London again. Uh, And I'm specifically talking about a beautiful bar called the Old Bank of England. Okay. And it is called this because it is where the Bank of England stood. (laughs) Um, Now, prior to it being the beautiful bar it is today and the Bank of England that was there for many decades, it was actually the site of two taverns called uh, the Cock and then the Haunch of Venison. Okay. And they were in that location from the 16th and 17th centuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and then demolished in 1888 to make way for the branch of the, the Bank of England. Okay. The Bank mm-hmm. of England sat on that site for 87 years until it uh, shuttered. And then it was quite recently actually renovated um, to be... It's a gorgeous bar. But... The most famous ghost is a woman named Sarah Whitehead, and it actually comes from the time of when the bank was in operation, but she's still said to haunt the current bar. Okay. So on November 2nd, 1811, Philip Whitehead, who is employed in the cashier's office at the Bank of England, was charged with forgery. Um, I'm not sure what he was forging, but he was forging some documents as a bank employee. Okay. So he was found guilty and sentenced to death, and he was hanged in early 1812. So about two months after he was found guilty. And for unknown reasons, news of his crime and, like, his execution were never shared with... I guess, like, they couldn't find his family. Mm Mm-hmm but so his sister never knew and her name was sarah whitehead and so she one day after not hearing from her brother for some time shows up at the bank of england to find out like i know he works here where is he and they tell her that he's not there but right. they don't tell her why so she returns the next day looking for her brother and after a couple days of this one of the bank clerks eventually blurts out the story of Philip's crime and Mm -hmm. death and Sarah is beside herself as one would be. Yes. So this shock finding out that not only had her brother been charged with a crime, but he Mm -hmm. had already been hung. Um, she kind of loses her mind. Yeah. And ends up returning to the bank every single day asking about her brother believing that he still works there like she just kind of gone insane and this happens for years oh boy she returns every single day um she actually became known as the bank nun because her dress that she like her attire Mm -hmm. that she wore would be a long black dress with a black veil Oh, so As if she, she was mourning. Like nun. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so they called her the bank nun, and everyone knew her when she came in. They would try and get rid of her, and every once in a while they would take pity on her and sit her down and tell her the story again, sometimes giving her money to try and like get her to stop coming into the bank because yeah. she was freaking people out. Yeah. Um. But she became more and more angry the older she got, and um, she was convinced that like the they call them bank governors, but it's like bank managers were Mm -hmm. keeping money that she was earned, like that Philip that belonged to Philip, Mm -hmm. Um, and so she became more and more aggressive, um, like hurling insults at them on one occasion she appeared and just kept calling everyone villains and robbers and that they had defrauded her of her fortune. Um, and she was demanding 2000 pounds. And so for six years, this went on. And so in 1818, um, the bank governors kind of grew tired of it. Uh, and they, sat down and gave her a lump sum of money, an undisclosed amount. Okay. uh, With the condition that she agreed to never step foot in the bank again. And she actually kept that promise in her life. Okay. But in her death, not so much. (laughs) (laughs) So um, now what happens is guests of the current bar... When they're leaving, they say they can sometimes see this ghostly figure who appears before them, who looks very sad, but politely asks, Have you seen my brother? I still don't like it. And it's like her still looking for her brother in the afterlife. Yeah. Because of everything that went down. Uh, but this this bank has one more story, and I didn't tell you what street it's located on for a reason. Um, the bank is located on Fleet Street. I was
0: thinking that in my head. I was about to say, is it Fleet Street? I don't know why that's the first thing that popped into my mind. Yes.
1: And so not only does it have this, this tie to Sarah Whitehead, however, um, when they were doing renovations to turn the bank into the bar that it mm-hmm. is today... Underneath there are tons of tunnels and upon further research the legend is that this branch lies between what would have been Sweeney Todd's barber shop and Miss Lovett's pie shop.
0: Oh my god and it is Sweeney the, Todd the demon barber <laughs> <Fruit Street. laughs>
1: and it is these tunnels and vaults below the present building that they believe like the victims of Sweeney Todd would be butchered and cooked before they were sold into the pies-huh
0: um, and so I still can't believe that's a true that's like a real thing I know I always like obviously there's like the musical based on Sweeney Todd and I like sometimes dissociate the fact that it was like an a real actual thing. story they I mean they say that
1: this is where this bar is located between what would have been those two sites um and one of my sources drinkbusiness.com, They're not in the haunted, spooky business. They're in the drinks business. Mm -hmm. And so they said they were doing a tour of this bar. And they went down into the old bank vault. And, like, the hairs on the back of their neck stood up. And the temperature... um, in the whole bar was, like, warm and toasty Uh until they got into this one room where it was, like, an astounding drop of temperature... And there was no windows or like places where drought or like drafts could come in because it's a bank vault. And it was like significantly colder. Um, Weird. Yeah. And the the author of the article said that never, never in my life have I been so convinced of a mal, mal, malevolent malevolent thank you presence that I couldn't explain. I felt a chill in my bones and couldn't wait to get out. The experience left me certain that there are some things in life we can't logically explain.
0: Oh, man. I want to go to there.
1: Yeah. So, um, (laughs) that's really the story. And I mean, it it truly, we'll put pictures up. It is a beautiful book because it looks like a bank. It's got chandeliers and it's beautiful. But it has this, like, these two weird pasts
0: that
1: are attached to it. Whew. So Spooky. I read an article on the drinksbusiness.com, Britain's top 10 most haunted pubs, and then um, London hyphen ghost hyphen tour.com with the Bank of England, um, which had the whole story of Philip Whitehead and his sister. So those were my sources. Damn. The Bank of
0: England. I want to go there. I don't, out of all the places we talked about, I, <laughs> I want to go there. A, because. You say it's so beautiful, and B, because Sweeney Todd. I know. Crazy.
1: I know. When I found out it was on Fleet Street and it had that connection, I was like, okay, I really hope there's, like, another ghost. Yeah.
0: And then there was. And I was like, yes. And that's (laughs) spooky, too, just having a woman, like, dressed in all black with a black veil being like, have you seen my brother? (laughs) No, thank you. All right. And it is that time for our cocktail of the week. Uh, Obviously, since we did technically multiple countries, we're not doing a country-focused cocktail, but we are going to share with you a Halloween fall-themed cocktail that Laura made. Yes.
1: So I hosted some friends for Halloween this past weekend, and I made a cocktail called the Caramel Apple Cocktail, Mm -hmm. and it was um, black-spiced rum. Yeah and apple cider
0: uh-huh.
1: and butterscotch schnapps. And it was
0: so good.
1: It was delicious. It was really good. So I came up with it cause I was at the liquor store and uh-huh. I saw butterscotch schnapps and I immediately thought butter beer. Oh. And I was like, I need to buy this. Yeah. And I don't know what to make with it. And then I also, in my hand, had grabbed the black spiced rum, uh-huh. thinking I can make a fun black or dark cocktail right. with this. And then the night before, when I went panic grocery shopping for my get together, <laughs> I had bought apple cider.
0: So you just like had a perfect storm. So, of so
1: then I Googled those three ingredients and uh-huh. found the caramel apple cocktail. And I was like, this is perfect. This is meant to be. It was destiny. Uh, and so, but I am excited to try the butterscotch schnapps and make like a butter beer, like uh-huh. a warm, maybe like butterscotch toddy esque yeah. butter beer. Uh, that's really why I initially picked it up off the shelf. Right. But then it ended up working in this cocktail, which was delicious. So, highly recommend. It's one part of the black rum to three parts of the cider and a half part of the schnapps and so you can make i made a pitcher's worth so Mm -hmm. i like did a cup two cups of rum six cups of cider and one cup of the schnapps
0: yeah and it was in fact very good so yeah if you want a fall cocktail because we still got more fall it would be
1: great for thanksgiving
0: it would be a good thanksgiving cocktail honestly Yeah. yeah so
1: add it to your list, make it at home, share it with your friends and family. If you do make it, post it, tag us. We're on social media, Instagram and Twitter at a tap on the wrist.
0: And if you have any fall themed cocktails that you love and want to recommend or any cocktails that are, you know, popular in a certain area, you can email us at tapontheristpodcast at gmail.com.
1: Yes. And we will see you next week.
0: Cheers. Cheers.